Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, hello, uh, this is uh, Jack Spillane, and this is All Politics, and I'm here today with uh, longtime state rep Bill Strauss. Welcome, Bill. Hi, Jack. Bill is also the longtime chairman of the Joint Transportation Committee. Joint Committee on Transportation of the House and Senate. He is um, the expert on South Coast Rail on, on the South Coast. Uh, for the 18 years that I've been here, I've been going to him many times through the many ins and outs and incarnations of South Coast Rail. Sure. And we're here to talk about the news this week that um, the governor and the, the State Department of Transportation have announced that the Middleborough Rail Plan, which now has been, I guess, approved by the DOT, could be um, running by 2022 and start construction next year? Uh, yes, that that is the potential schedule, and you're correct. Uh, the State Department of Transportation has picked a early service option, which would allow for service, thinking of it in the morning rush hour, starting in both Fall River and New Bedford, uh, at least three rush hour trains heading north, in the morning from each city uh, and uh, four or five coming back through the day uh, making use of the existing Middleborough line uh, and that would be done by using the trains that now start in Lakeville each morning and simply if in your mind's eye you imagine them just starting their trip further south in, in our cities and the event which occurred this week is the filing of a very detailed environmental impact report. This has to be uh, approved and reviewed by the uh, State Secretary of Transportation uh, of Environmental Affairs, but this is on a schedule where during this year, 2018, uh, construction contracts could be bid out and construction could begin in 2019 which uh, means that we're looking at the real possibility now of uh, actual trains being not far from where we're sitting, uh, where you could board in 2022. Well, you know, I used to joke that when I was older, I would take the train to my medical appointments in Boston, and now I am older, and I do have medical appointments in Boston, but I don't take the train yet, Uh, although the bus is very good. The bus is very good. Uh, but the the train presents a different dynamic uh, anywhere in the country in terms of uh, when they come into being uh, on commuter rail lines and the dynamic that then occurs for the areas where that commuter service is accessible. So, Bill, um, as you know, there's a lot of cynicism that has developed over the years because we have Governor Bill Weld first in 1995 saying, if it doesn't come by 1997, sue me. Um, uh, we had the Stoughton route that was the preferred route for a long time. So uh, what, what do you say to your constituents and people you meet around the, the South Coast who are cynical and just say, well, I don't believe this one, I didn't believe the other ones, I, I don't believe it? Look, I, I, when people tell me that, and they do all the time, 
They say, I'll believe it when I see it. You guys are just politicians. Here you go again. Any variation on that theme is, is one we've all heard. I, I have a tremendous amount of sympathy, appreciation, and understanding as to why somebody would say that. Uh, but the uh, feeling I've always had is uh, we have to keep uh, doggedly pursuing this. And I will say, even though he's not from the same political party, uh, I found in Charlie Baker someone who first ran for governor as an opponent of the project, uh, then, when he ran again uh, four years ago, uh, softened his position. And during the three years he's been in office, I found him very open to exploring different ways we could pull this off. Whatever it is that inside him uh, had him come around, I'm not going to second guess it, but I've seen the sincerity. And uh, with this Middleborough option, it was as if we could just slice away some of the big cost and environmental permitting issues that have slowed down the project. I wonder if uh, Governor Baker, uh, having to deal with the MBTA and having to deal with uh, transportation gridlock in eastern Massachusetts, has been confronted with the realities of a problem that when you're not in charge of it is only theory. and. I think that's true, and it's interesting. I've seen certainly plenty of governors and, and people come into public office, and I will say this to anyone watching. When you run for office, you have a kind of a, a, a group of issues that you know you have an interest in, certain ones that come with the job. And I would say about Charlie Baker, when he was running for governor, he probably had intended that he would focus on health care, financial things, but maybe not transportation. But within days of him coming into office three years ago, we had that terrible series of February storms. Uh, every three days we had you know, another hit. And transportation became the issue that he may not have been looking for it, but it was looking for him. And uh, I, I think you're probably right. That caused him to focus on what do we need for a transportation system in Massachusetts. Well, whatever it is that he's done, he seems to have made more progress in a practical way than anybody else had by coming up with this um, uh, temporary, what they're calling the phase one Middleborough alternative. I, I do want to ask you a little bit about that. Is it really phase one uh, I know that it needs to be phase one or else you can't build the southern portion of the track um, up to Cotley Junction. But are we ever really going back to phase two or is that just um, uh, a ruse to get us to phase one? I, I wouldn't call it a ruse, but in order to get uh, the what everyone refers to as the southern triangle, the track that exists from Taunton south to New Bedford and south to Fall River up to the capacity level, the construction grade level, and the stations that you need for commuter rail, it has to be done as part of an overall uh, existing uh, plan, and that means the Stoughton route. And so the Stoughton route still has what is called the preferred option status. I will say, as I've looked at the map and looked at uh, other things that are on the board, so to speak, 
for uh, rail and highway improvements, uh, my uh, personal belief is that to get us from the three trains a day in the morning rush hour that uh, we're going to have to what would be considered full service, which would be six or seven a day out of each city, we probably need the uh, improvements on the line north of Quincy, near the area that people drive on the Southeast Expressway. That track is what they will now be riding on, but it has uh, a, a capacity issue involving the fact that that is used also for the red line and the Greenbush line uh, that come in uh, to South Station. It turns out, and we didn't know this 10 years ago, we probably should have, uh, that there was uh, there are unused right-of-ways in that area along the uh, Southeast Expressway area where that track exists that now give us, and the planning work, the survey work has occurred over the last two years, the area in which we can add to the track capacity. That is going to be, and that holds the potential for an improvement in the capacity of what will be our line uh, coming out of both cities through Middleborough up to Bridgewater and into the city, but Red Line and uh, and the um, uh, the Greenbush Line as well, and actually uh, the Old Colony Line coming out of Plymouth. So those track improvements lead me to the conclusion that ultimately there will be a time when we have to reevaluate Stoughton, but it is the preferred option now, and it does permit us this or provide to us this permitting opportunity to get the Southern Triangle built, which is part of the Stoughton option anyway. One of the um, uh, criticisms that I hear is that um, – well, an hour and a half, it's its not as fast as the hour and 10 minutes that they hope to, to get on the Stoughton line. But my response is, when I drive to Boston, even if it's not at rush hour, it almost always takes me an hour and a half because the Southeast Expressway is so frequently clogged. And to go up to the Mass Pike it takes longer because you have to go up 128, which itself can get very crowded. Um, are we at the point where an hour and a half is not a bad time to get to, to Boston? That's become the uh, the reality. First of all, in terms of driving time, uh, when I drive in from uh, Mattapoisett to Boston, uh, if I make it in two hours, that's not bad. Uh, I actually plan for two and a half in terms of making sure I get to appointments on time. And in terms of commuter rail trips, the existing Worcester commuter rail line is a 90-minute trip from downtown Worcester into South Station, as are two of the other routes uh, north of there that feed uh, into into Boston. So 90 minutes is about uh, where uh, the planners have found people will get on a train and come in. I think we can uh, have the possibility of shaving another five to ten minutes off in the uh, this document that was filed this week, this environmental impact report, uh, one of the options that is being looked at, which uh, I, it wasn't just me, but many people put it in their comments, is uh, you can have a mix of 
the different lines that come in skip a station just uh, along the route. Each time a station is skipped in the normal route, uh, that saves you immediately six or seven minutes. Doesn't have to stop. Passengers get on and off, start up again. So uh, some of the lines can actually have uh, even shorter trip times. But I think people will uh, take the 90-minute trip because also look at what the trip is compared to driving. You're in an air-conditioned or heated uh, compartment. There's Wi-Fi, and uh, you can either use it for uh, relaxed time uh, on uh, your Internet device, or people are working. And a lot of people are working when you see uh, people on the commuter rail lines now. So it becomes uh, productive time uh, as well, and that will attract people. There's no question. Uh, I've recently heard a little bit of talk that the um, technology such as the Hyperloop or driverless cars are coming so fast that, oh, by the time you get the rail built, it won't be needed anymore. Does that sound um, like a realistic alternative to you, the Hyperloop or driverless cars? Uh, Certainly uh, autonomous vehicles in some fashion are are coming, Uh, and I, I think I read that uh, view that you're expressing um, in a letter to the editor in, in the paper recently. Uh, here's what's going on with um, uh, autonomous vehicles. None of us know where the, the, the technology is taking us, but the initial application seems to be uh, in more likely in long-haul truck freight transportation where the roads permit you to Uh, have a vehicle uh, in a limited entry highway uh, from uh, destination to destination. Uh, Our roads, the fact that we have snow, which is now already in some of the pilot programs, become a real obstacle to the navigation of these vehicles, means that uh, they may be further off, but the use of them will not necessarily make automobile traffic faster. If anything, there may be people who don't have access to individual or private cars now, which, uh, if autonomous vehicles come along, will be on the road. So getting more places. cars on the road. <laughs> yes. Uh, one of the uh, counterintuitive possibilities of autonomous vehicles is that the, the roads will become more crowded, which means public transit opportunities become even more important because uh, in our part of the country and certainly in in eastern Massachusetts, our road layouts are limited. We don't have, as they do in the Midwest or the West, these wide open landscapes where uh, building an additional lane becomes just a, a quick design or construction issue. We've got very narrow footprints within which to be moving people And so, if anything, we need to have our public transportation, uh, multiple person uh, options available to us, even with the new technologies coming along. Yeah. How about Elon Musk's um, Hyperloop? Is 
Is that just maybe a few years away? You have a tube coming down to um, Somerset or Swansea, I think it was. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Well, uh, one of the uh, the, – she's on the board of selectmen in in, uh, either Swansea or Somerset. She's an engineer, and she was kind of the impetus for the Hyperloop proposal uh, here. She didn't make – or that proposal didn't make the initial cut, but uh, I I think ultimately something like that will be out there. I've looked on, you can look online, you can see some of the test videos from some of the initial tests, uh, and uh, that kind of vehicle could occur. And I don't want to sound too Buck Rogers, if people understand the reference (laughs) anymore, but uh, even drones, when you think about it, Drones are already able to deliver packages. Uh, They deliver in some parts of the country. There are uh, emergency medical service departments that have drone deliveries of heart uh, uh, machines. Uh, As soon as a 911 call comes along, I think this exists in Reno, Nevada, a drone will dispatch with the, the heart defibrillator while the ambulance is en route. If a drone can take a 50-pound package, these vehicles will carry people eventually. I just have that sense. Uh, and uh, My goodness, I can hardly get on an airplane for freight. <laughs> How about getting on a drone? <laughs> All I know is we're here to respond to these developments in the technology. I mean, they, they occur whether we intend them or not. People are studying these applications. Uh, but in the near term of what we can do uh, to bring us back to you know your initial questions, uh, South Coast Rail is uh, really within uh, a, a year, roughly, of starting construction. If this uh, environmental impact report is approved, what is most critical to occur within the next few months, just so people understand where the the roadmap goes, is sometime during the spring, the governor will issue, uh, and it occurs each year, their next five-year capital spending plan. That is a uh, the map or the indication of where the major capital project expenditures are going to occur um, in a lot of different areas. What I am looking forward to and urging is that in the next five-year plan, which gets announced in a few months, the billion dollars that is needed to build this is included. Then, not that all skeptics will disappear, they won't, but then it'll be another milestone to say to the skeptics, the permitting is done, and here's the money. The governor has put it. Uh, has allocated a billion dollars, which is what is needed for the construction in the project, and that's what will allow the contracts to be bid and the construct and the construction itself to begin. Well, we'll keep our fingers crossed that healthcare doesn't gobble up too much of that money uh, before major challenge. He no wants question. To, to do it. Final question. Um, yes, you've been working at this for twenty plus years. This is kind of like the issue of a career. What has this been like with all the ins and outs um, working on commuter rail to the south coast? Uh, Meetings that I can't count, conversations, uh, uh, maps, filings, diagrams, and and more to go. 
but it, at least uh, it, for me and my colleagues who are just as dedicated and, and involved, uh, it's, it's for a purpose that uh, we understand on a gut level uh, how that kind of transportation connection will help this region. And so it's, it's not hard to be motivated. Uh, we know how important it is. Thanks, Bill. Uh, I've been here with uh, State Rep. Bill Strauss from Mattapoisett, who represents Mattapoisett, Fairhaven, and a little bit of New Bedford. And Rochester and Marion. And Rochester and Marion. Don't forget Rochester and Marion. Um, thanks for coming in, and this has been All Politics. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.